only myths and fables do not know the limits of possibility. Andrzej Sapkowski. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hull. And I'm Lieses. And I won't say how many times it took me to say that name at the beginning. Yeah, that's why I made you say it, not me. Yes. Don't forget, we are still buying your books as part of our two-year anniversary celebration. If you haven't heard about that, go to our Facebook or our Instagram. We've got all the details on there of how you can qualify to have us buy one of your self-published, selfishly written books. Eventually, we will read them, review them, all because we want to support you for supporting us. We're definitely looking forward to reading those. They're going to be a lot of fun. Continuing our series talking about time and playing with story structure, the structure we're going to introduce today is recursion. You probably know this, even if you don't know you know this. You, listener, probably know it best as the Groundhog Day effect. This is when one character, or sometimes just the audience, is aware of a time loop The world keeps resetting to a certain point until choices are made in a particular fashion so that life can move on. The problem that they are solving in their story structure is this weird time loop that the characters are caught in. Unlike Rashomon, which we introduced last episode, this is new telling of maybe the same day or the same week, but not the same events. It's based on the choices of the characters and how they vary from one time loop to the next loop. This one, it's pretty obvious how the story ends, unless your protagonist is the person putting characters into this loop. Then it gets a little funky. Dr. Strange played a lot with this concept against Dormammu. But having this loop get closed and having it be the day after Groundhog Day is the victory that the characters then have grown from this story and are moving on in life. The one subjecting the characters to this time loop are usually your villains. They're some kind of deity because no one wants to be stuck in a time loop. So that tends to be why the character doing it is classified as a villain. But you'll have fate or a deity or someone with some serious time control powers causing this loop. Often, but not always, it doesn't matter who this deity is, especially if it takes place on Earth. The solution is not necessarily conquering the villain, it's learning the lesson. And usually only some characters are aware of the time shifting. In the Supernatural episode, only Sam knew that it was Tuesday again. And that it was always Tuesday. Yesterday was Tuesday. Today is Tuesday. So most of the time when you see this style, it's not going to be super action-packed supernatural even though there is a supernatural element to the villain, quote-unquote, the problem that they're solving, most of the time this is going to be a drama or a tragedy. Or in some cases, a comedy, depending on how you play it. Such as Groundhog Day. I've also seen this kind of structure in the Hallmark Christmas movie, 
which is almost a genre in and of itself. So I'm putting it in there. Yeah, it's like a special category of rom-coms. But you have a character who is reliving Christmas again. Until he finally makes the right choice and ends up with the right person. So we've already shared a couple of examples of this. Obviously, Groundhog Day set the precedent in our modern understanding of this structure style. One of my favorite TV shows has an AI computer as a character. And they did an episode where the computer is thinking through all the possibilities in order to get the heroes out alive. And the episode was called If Then Else, which is a coding term. So it's this structure of trying different paths until something succeeds. Another similar example to this, less time loopy and more if then, is It's a Wonderful Life or A Christmas Carol, where in It's a Wonderful Life, you have the main character wanting to commit suicide and an angel steps in and shows him what life would be like without him. In Christmas Carol, you have the ghosts of Christmas, past, present, and future step in and show Scrooge what life will be if he doesn't change. So there's a little bit of a prophecy element to this, but the forward and then backward and then forward and then backward in time is very much the if-then-else of watching this path forward and then going, nope, that's not going to work, let's try a different one. This is not to say it's a time travel because the world is resetting. It's not like the character is intentionally going back and restarting the day again and again. This also isn't very often about saving the world. This structure is all about the characters, changing something about the character that has to continue living this experience until they figure out what they are doing wrong. This structure, more often than not, does not have a mentor character. In the case of It's a Wonderful Life, you kind of had the angel who did the, oh, well, let's look at this scene in your life and how it will be different without you. But for the most part, especially in like Groundhog Day, it's all about the character figuring it out for themselves. So the question is how to effectively tell a recursion style story where they're going back experiencing the same events in different ways. The biggest thing that you need to do is have time markers. So you label in the story, this happens at this time, so people can connect that with the previous version. You especially need to have that at the beginning of the story. This establishes your loop. The same song popping up on the radio every single morning at the same exact time. The same special at the diner. All of these things that should be changed should be different. That by the end, the character has memorized. Then he walks through the door. Then she gets smacked in the face. Then this, then that. Before his aha moment, he knows exactly what's going to happen. Because he's experienced it a thousand times. Because the only character in your story that should be changing what they do is the main character, or characters if you have more than one that knows this loop is occurring. That's pretty rare. So the only things that change are what changes based on that character's actions and choices. Everything else is a time marker. 
all the way until the reset point because you do need to have one of those. So in a practical plotter's sense of using this, you have your three acts. And because we aren't traveling in a hero's journey style, because we're stuck in the same place, you're waking up in the same bed, whether you like it or not. Act one generally is just the first day and the second day. You're establishing the problem, establishing the characters, establishing where the piano is hung from a very thin cord. You're establishing all of these pieces and establishing that there is a loop that is happening. In the second act, this is when your characters begin to experiment. They begin to test ways to get out of the loop by confessing their love, by telling off a boss, kidnapping a groundhog. They lose their inhibitions because they realize there's really no consequence if the day is just going to reset anyway. The purpose of this in a storytelling structure is to reveal who the character really is. He's still a jerk and he's still in the midst of the problem, but he's revealing about himself and what he enjoys by what he's using basically endless time to do. And this is where the readers or the viewers learn what needs to change. They will realize this before the character does. This helps it be a satisfying ending and helps the audience know that it's an ending because, okay, when he finally confesses his love, when he finally skips out of work to watch his kids' Christmas play, when he does whatever, we recognize as audience members this is what he needs to do to get out of it. Character hasn't recognized it yet. That's where the third act comes in. The third act is where the character finally understands the solution and work towards it to break that time loop. And it should have an impact on how they live their life afterward. Because again, this structure is all about changing the character, making them a better person. One of the struggles with this structure is that main character. Because it is all about them changing and improving, they usually kind of need to be somewhat of a terrible person, but they still have to be likable enough to keep reading. This is often done with dark humor, especially in the classic Groundhog Day, because we understand he's a terrible person, but we're also still laughing along with him. So there is an element of liking him in a guilty pleasure kind of way. So hopefully this gives you an idea of where to start, a couple of research tangents. You can go watch that episode in Supernatural, watch Groundhog Day, watch It's a Wonderful Life, and get an idea for how this structure plays out. And then you can dive right in and start writing your story. In our next episode, we will be talking about using amnesia to play with time. So until then, make sure that you write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing.